0: Welcome back to Police Pod Talk. We're coming back at you again, and I am thrilled to have on the line today a Fort Wayne officer who was in the front lines of the events that unfolded here a couple of weeks back with the protesters. He has gotten permission to speak with me, and we are really pumped that he's going to talk to us about someone who was there, someone on the other side, so we get to hear their story. Uh, We got Officer James on the phone. James, can you say hey to the people out there?
1: Good morning, everyone. Good morning.
0: All right. Well, like I said, we are pumped to have you on the air. We're just going to refer to you as Officer James, if that's okay with you.
1: That's perfectly fine. All righty.
0: Okay, Officer James, we're we're really excited to have you on the air, and we're really excited, too, because you were there. I mean, you were in the front lines. I've talked to a lot of people. Some were there, some were not there, but you always want to hear that other side. You want to hear what was going through the policeman's mind, what were they feeling, what were they thinking, and this is a great great opportunity to, to have you here to talk uh h- hear what I'd like you to do James um go ahead and give us just a rundown of your career when you came on where you worked how long you've been on uh just give us that and we also want to know that one backstory that uh, that little extra thing you do on the side but go ahead with your police side first
1: <laughs> yes sir. all right I came on the Fort Wayne Police Department in 2002 the 55th class under Chief Rusty York immediately after coming on um just pretty much it was a uh we started a, had a gang problem and i immediately just went out and started talking to these kids and getting to know the southeast sector southwest sector and been doing it ever since and, and you know fort wayne's a great community love this community and i just thank god up above for the opportunity to serve the community
0: so when you come on there there was a gang problem going on uh, you didn't know who was who right
1: that's correct. <laughs> I just knew that they went to uh, our uh, youth, uh, our local high schools uh, were uh, having a gang issue or didn't like this crew or this or this high school. And uh, we were pretty much thrown right in the fire to uh, kind of try to dissolve that to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. And during that time, did you ever run into
0: gang wars or, or crowds of people going at each other that you had to break them up or do anything like that?
1: Typically when that we, I had, had arrived on scene of guys just going at it uh, in the middle of Calhoun right across the street from uh, Southside High School actually and upon us arriving they dispersed pretty quickly because uh, obviously they heard the lights and siren and none of them wanted to go to jail and uh, it was a we figured it was like a show in front of all the other people because they stopped traffic uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the school day, et cetera. So a lot of times I just disappeared.
0: Mm-hmm. So as you worked in different areas, uh, mm-hmm. did you spend most of your time on the south end of town or did you move around?
1: I moved around. However, the first six or seven years of my career, I spent on the southeast side of town and uh, just uh, getting to know the southeast sector. And and it was it was wonderful. I mean, The whole southeast side was wonderful.
0: So by doing that, were you meeting and greeting people in neighborhoods and getting to know who the good or bad people were?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, during that time, I mean, you know, uh, actually uh, uh, officers like like yourself uh, (laughs) kind of had us go out here and, uh, you know, get to know people because the best way, in my opinion, and what I learned from uh, fellow officers uh, that were on the force prior to me being on the force is getting to know your community. If you get to know your community, there's people that don't want negative stuff going on in the community, so they'll talk to you. But in order for you to know that and get that information, you gotta go out and talk to them and they got to earn your trust.
0: Right, so it's building relationships was important for you.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Good. The question has come up a lot on the people that I've talked to. I mean, people don't know who you are, they can't see you, but I mean, you're you're not like a little guy. I mean, you play (laughs) college football, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Okay.
0: And uh, you also referee football, baseball, basketball. You do just about everything, right? Yes, sir. The only thing I haven't seen you referee is hockey.
1: Right. No, I'm not messing with no ice. Okay. I'm not messing with ice.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, folks, uh, you don't know James, but uh, I've watched him referee uh, high school football games. And there are times when I'll see him get down in his stance where he's supposed to be. And I think, James, I hope you remember you're a referee and not a player and go after the quarterback. (laughs) I mean, you're so into it. I bet you do a great job of that. And by building, yeah, when you're doing that, when you're refereeing high school games, you're also getting to know kids there. Uh, How does that, how do those two things clash? I mean, with you being a policeman and you being a referee, how how many times does that come together?
1: Oh, that is actually, it's been a great, great connection. Uh, because these are our future. This is our. These are our future doctors, lawyers, politicians, officers, etc. So if you establish a relationship with them and they see that you're honest and you're officiating and that they can talk to you, that right there, he's going to tell someone, he's going to tell someone, he's going to tell someone. And when they see you in public, they're going to come and want to talk to you. You know, it always it ends up being a relationship. So, you know, that has helped me tremendously, even when situations come, Come up like in clubs. When I used to work off-duty security, individuals that I officiated either football, basketball, and baseball would see me and be like, "Hey, Officer Payne, what's going on?" I'm like, "Oh, these dudes are into it." And they'd be like, "Oh, I know him." You know what? Hold on one second. And they would go talk to the guy, one of the uh, people that are into it. And next thing you know, the situation is, is dissolved at that point in time, and everyone's gone about their way. Mm-hmm. So it's helped tremendously.
0: So, yeah, again, it's all about building those relationships, getting to know people, right? Absolutely. And and, I, and you took pride in that, and uh, that de-escalated a lot of problems, right? That's correct. Okay, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. I just want to make sure we talk about Oh, this yeah. Guy. Now, with as much connection as you had with the people in Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. as much refereeing and, and policing that you've done, talk to me about how you felt and give us a story of how you felt when this whole thing with the protesters all came, came to head, you got called in, start with getting called in or whatever. Okay, I got called in uh, on the
1: pager that uh, we were needed as the PRS team, which is Public Safety Response Team, and I thought it was a joke. I really did. I'm like, what? So I uh, left home and in my squad car. I got to Clinton across from our parking garage just to the uh, north of Main Street, and the street was packed. I couldn't get across, so I cut on my lights and sirens, hoping that that would open up the crowd. Didn't open up the crowd, so I opened my car door and I happened to see one of my um, ex-athletes at Northside, because I used to be the student resource officer, I did off-duty security at Northside. I said, "What's up, man? What's going on? Can I get across?" He said, "Hey, what's up, Payne? Hold on," and he cleared the way for me to get across. So I appreciated that so gratefully, and and. I don't want to identify him, but he knows who he is. And if he's listening to this podcast, thank you again. Mm-hmm. I got across and then I put on my gear and then we uh went up to uh Clinton Street from the uh from the ramp and I was like, oh my god. Uh, so people were in the street and immediately uh they would not move or uh, locking hands, and once again I thought I thought it was a dream because I had never seen anything of this magnitude here in Fort Wayne because We've had things happen in our city, but nothing to this magnitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, our uh, PRST team team sergeants came through and uh, ordered us to clear the way. And at that point in time, we cleared the way. Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Yes, sir.
0: I had someone reach out to me and they said, what technique did they use to clear the way? I mean, they came up with these different uh, phrases. And there was okay. one where they all locked arms and they would go forward and they would pull bad people in and they'd get arrested behind the line. I mean, was there a name of a technique you guys used? or
1: We just basically, uh, we had um, our line that we formed as a PRST team. And then uh, there were, uh, it, it's a, uh, without giving up too much information, it was a, a technique that we used. Basically, we try to tell people, we don't mind you protesting, right. but please get out of the street. So this traffic, because it was traffic was backed up all the way to um the skate park people couldn't get around and, and once we cleared traffic and was able to get traffic flowing correctly this one lady uh i noticed her crying and she got out of her car and said i'm so happy that you guys cleared the way i've been in this traffic for three hours trying to get home because i just don't i just can't believe this is going on she was scared and um that was and then again once again i still thought it was a dream Right. And now
0: with that being said, inside of you, was there some fear about
1: what was going on and what you didn't know what to expect? Absolutely. Uh it was they we were outnumbered. Majorly mm-hmm. outnumbered. Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Oh my goodness, you know, if, if if someone decides to god forbid start using lethal force against us, I mean, we're prepared, but you know, that's fearful. You get to start thinking, you know, this is this is real. Right. These are people that are that are really upset and I understand why they were upset, but I'm like this is not the way to do it. And but yeah, it, it, I definitely was scared. I'm not going to lie about that.
0: Okay. And again, you can't give out a whole lot of your techniques and everything, but right. you were just basically, you guys were just basically there to clear the roadway to get traffic flowing
1: through and you didn't mind the protesters being out there, is that right? That's correct. Um and I'll be the first to tell you, I mean, without going too deep. I mean, what happened was a tragedy. And uh, I I hurt, you know, from that, uh, being a, you know, black male and, and an officer that hurt me and we didn't mind those protesters protesting we understood why they were protesting but do it in a a fashion that allows traffic to flow it doesn't impede the progress of people that want to get home that may have uh, medical issues etc that they need to get their insulin or something like that we just wanted traffic to be cleared
0: did there come a point because this this came up a lot did there come a point where they said okay hey let's just reroute traffic around what's blocking here was that
1: an was that an option Yes. And that was a technique we used. Uh, we started running traffic, uh, East and West down main street, right. Just to get uh, and, uh, had them go that way. And then where they went from there, I really don't know because our main team and focus was trying to clear Clinton going South and trying to get the protesters to get on the sidewalks and, uh, to clear the way. So, Mm -hmm. and then once we got to, um, Wayne, we were able to, uh, have traffic flow to the, um, to the west and then of course buried to the east. Right. So
0: I want to make sure, you know, the listeners and the ones who have called in before and we've talked to on the air yes, sir. know that your intent was not to go out there and engage uh, fisticuffs, well, you know what I mean. With yes, sir. protesters. Your your thing was to go out there and keep traffic moving, keep things going, but give the protesters the room they need to protest. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we we did not want any confrontation with the protesters. We uh, I bet you uh, 99.999% of the officers that were on that are on the team agreed with the protest. But when you start looting, when you start damaging property, when you start hurting others, that's where the problem occurred in impeding traffic, and we didn't want that to be done. Okay.
0: This was a question that came up. It says, well, why did you guys come out in, and they called it your riot gear, your tactical gear. Uh, why did you come dressed like that instead of in your uniform? and do the exact same thing
1: that I can't answer because I really don't know uh but I know that you know typically when you come out in riot gear uh or you come out in your regular uniform rocks don't you know that head is is a <laughs> is is very uh very delicate and then when the rock throws because I got hit with a, a rock a couple of times had I not had my riot helmet on you know you and I may not have had that conversation
0: today. Right, understandable. But I'm sure. gonna, I, I want to back it up just a little bit because th- these are the questions and I'm just sure. going to rattle them off here. Sure. Were, was the rocks and things being thrown by the time you all got there and started walking out or did that happen later? The
1: rocks were being thrown as we, as we were walking out. So they were already being thrown and we were taking rocks as we cleared and mm-hmm. came onto Clinton Street. Okay. People were complaining that their cars were getting hit. Uh, pe- the semi-driver of a yellow semi was upset because he did not want to run over anyone, mm-hmm. but he couldn't get southbound on Clinton. He was very upset. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, were, I think, I'm think i not sure how many reported damages there were to cars, but rocks were being thrown prior to us even coming up onto the street.
0: Okay. So, again, you guys got paged out. And like you said, you were surprised that you got paged. But was the page telling you— hey, we've got a situation or we just need more help clearing the street? Or did it not just say anything?
1: Uh, pretty much it said we've got a situation, pretty much. Okay. We have a situation going on downtown that we need you know, to make sure that citizens are safe and people are able to drive home. Okay. So you knew that
0: going in that uh, things just were getting a little bit uh, sketchy yes sir for lack yes. of a better word
1: <laughs> yes yes sir <laughs>
0: okay. all right so as you're out there on the front line you start moving the crowd what happened then when you start clearing the street what happened
1: you know people a lot of people were definitely uh, listening and they were following the directions and orders and um, one particular thing that happened to me was when we started clearing traffic to Main Street from Main Street going excuse me, from Clinton in Maine going south, I uh, got about to halfway on the courthouse lawn and we stopped because we wanted to make sure that you know nothing was behind us and, and everybody was doing it and they were. A gentleman approached me and he said, I can see you. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it's, it's a light and I got a suit on, but you can see me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, I, I know you don't agree with what happened to George Floyd and we're not supposed to engage in conversation. However, I felt this was an opportunity for me to speak to a protester and hopefully defuse the situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this protester looked at me. He said, I know you don't agree. He said, I can see that you're a black man. He said, I said, sir, you're right. I don't mind this protest. I want you to be safe. I want you to be able to exercise your right. But I want I don't want people to get ran over in the street by blocking the street. I said, you're right. What you're doing is correct. And, and, and I understand what you're doing. I said, but just get out of the street. And he said, can I get a fist bump? And typically we don't fist bump, but I fist bumped the, the gentleman. And he said, thank you. And he dropped his sign and walked away.
0: Just that quick.
1: Just that quick. A simple conversation. Absolutely. I think he wanted to listen. I think he wanted someone to listen. And, and you know, it was a young gentleman, maybe in his mid to late 20s. And uh, he, uh, if I saw him again, I would recognize him, and i will probably give him a, a big hug because I'm not. that was one person that understood that, yes, I understand his pain. I understand his hurt. However, there's a right and a wrong way to do a protest, and damaging property and, and, and blocking traffic is not the way.
0: Okay. It's been on the news. It's been talked about. There was a meeting last night. There's still a lot of question about the warning. There was a warning given to clear the street, disperse, or whatever. Yes, and, sir. And then there was – tear gas canisters thrown out there people are still complaining about that in the midst of all of that Uh when you're being given orders you don't get the right to say okay hey i'm not going to follow those orders i'm going to take my my riot gear off my tactical gear and i'm going to go stand and and march with these people am i about right
1: (laughs) you're right you're right (laughs) okay
0: Because someone said that the officer should have went over and joined the protesters and quit blocking the street and standing there in their, their fatigue or fatigue, their gear. I don't think you get that right to do that. No, no, that's correct. No. Even though in your heart you felt that you believed the thing was right, but you just couldn't drop what you were doing at that
1: moment and go join. That's correct. And, and, let's, and let's keep it real. Uh, they, if I would have dropped my gear, they still know I'm a police officer. Because I'm in, I have, you know, identifiers underneath the gear. Who's to say that the protesters wouldn't say, you know, hey, we got one of them now. Let's hurt him. You know, right. that, that, I mean, that's, that's one of the things we had to realize. Or, and, and like I said, Saturday was a lot better. And we were able to establish a bit of communication and, and talk to people. And, and, of course, Sunday was even better than that. And, and go from there.
0: Right. I'm going to back up you know a lot of people and a lot of people know you the second they see you they know you okay because you're you're at every high school around every county here they know yes. you and like you said, you had never seen anything like that in Fort Wayne before no when you had to do what you had to do with clearing the street and tear gas was being uh, thrown out there did that kind of have a little bit of a did you have a struggle with doing that
1: I'm sorry. Say that again. I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you you struggle with having to do that to people that, I mean, this is your community. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, because Fort Wayne, once again, has been always been a peaceful, loving, and still is a peaceful, loving community. I mean, everybody knows everybody or everybody's within three people from knowing somebody and it's always been peaceful. And this day was just totally different than anything I've ever experienced here. And it hurt, it hurt me. It really hurt me. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of the things that were saying, it was definitely hurtful. I understand it was a lot of emotions involved. And, and as an officer, you know, you can't take everything personal. If you do, then you better change jobs. Right. Um, so, um, but it, it hurt. And, you know, uh, one thing that is such a blessing, and I truly thank God for this, is that how quickly it turned by us walking together and someone saying, hey, I agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. do I think that would have worked that day? <sighs> Who's to say? I don't. I don't know. Uh, it was just too dangerous at the time. Right.
0: Um, you had a job to do, right? Yes, sir. And you did it because that was your orders to do it at that moment. Yes, sir. Okay. I just I wanted my listeners to know that because that was been a lot of questions. They're just wondering why officers didn't stop and join the protesters.
1: Yeah, we have a. We had to clear that street. That street was was. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's film of it, but I mean, it was really, really. Traffic could go nowhere and, and people needed to go home. Things needed to be delivered. Uh, like I said, the truck driver was upset. And, and like I said, I could see that lady that was just crying, saying, I just need to get home. I just, I just want to go home. This is not our city. I just want to go home. Right. I mean, that, that really hit me hard as well.
0: Okay. And you're human, and we already we yes. already established that. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. All right, I'm going to ask you about uh, the things that have been coming up in the news lately. A lot of this uh, defunding and uh, dismantling of police departments. What is your view on that?
1: Wow, I really don't know a lot about that process. However, you know, there's good and bad in every profession. There's good and bad, and I am the kind of guy uh, in officiating as an officer. I've been wrong as an officer. I've been wrong as an official, and you've got as a human, treat people like you want to be treated. You've got to do people like you would want things done to you. But as far as the dismounting of a police department, I really don't know that process or anything about it. But I hope that after this incident has occurred and, uh, you know, uh, that people look inside themselves, as uh, police officers look inside themselves and say, hey, you know what? I may need to change some things about me. I may need to do this, maybe do that.
0: When it comes to people saying, well, we're going to blame the police because they were the ones who threw the tear gas and they started the whole riot. What is your opinion on that?
1: No, no, (laughs) no. We use tactics that are um – that's best to be, we use tactics that can defuse the situation as quickly as possible and make everybody go home safely. Okay. That's what we—that's our main goal. We don't want to hurt anybody. I mean, if, if, if an officer wants to hurt someone once again, then they need to change professions. That's not what we're out here for. Right. We're out here to serve and protect the public.
0: When they start to uh, put themselves in harm's way or put people in vehicles in harm's way, breaking property, damaging things, you've got to act then, right? That's correct. Okay. And that's just, we want to get that out there. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm getting hit with emails and phone calls. I can't keep taking this, man. (laughs) But that's why I'm so glad you're here today, because here's the thing. You were in the front line. You were right there in the mix of it. Okay. And you saw the good and the bad, the ugly going on that day. Yes. Okay. Now, with that being said... Did you see some good going on? Tell you so. You told us about the guy with the protesting with the sign who put the sign yes. down. Give me an example of some other things you may have seen that just made your heart feel good about Fort Wayne and the people.
1: You know what? When we uh, once again, when we were clearing Clinton Street going uh, southbound, people were uh, being moved either towards the sidewalk or towards the lawn of the courthouse, and to see us just. You know, communicate for uh, a little bit with these protesters and let them know that we share their hurt. We share the pain that they feel. But once again, there's a right and a wrong way to do everything. And this is not the right way as far as blocking traffic and throwing things at us and and, and things like that. Um, Protest. State your opinion. but However, do it in a safe way that doesn't harm anyone else. And you know, stop the rock throwing, and that was very few, and i want to be I, I want to be clear on that as well there weren't it wasn't everybody that was that was trying to hurt us. There were people that were there were more people that were listening to our orders than there were not listening to our orders. Mm-hmm. It's just that select few that took this opportunity to dog, try to dog the police, try to try to Monday morning quarterback what we do. And it's a tough job. It's tough that we have a, um, I think it's a citizens group where they can go into the academy and the academy staff, uh, Captain Barry Antez was over the academy staff, will put you in live situations with munition and see exactly how difficult it can be. During the decision-making process of, of of de-escalating a situation, you you said something there. I want my listeners to know what you meant.
0: You said simulation. What does that mean? Yeah. Simulation. Simulation. Yep.
1: Simulation are our are, uh, it, it's it's um, there, it's like um, like paintball guns. Okay. You know, paintball things like that. Things that that don't hurt you. However, you are able to respond accordingly to another citizen who may be, uh, you know in his or herself into a house or, or better yet, was a protester and doesn't want to do exactly what he, we want him to do. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, they present a weapon and you have this much time to decide on what it is you're going to do.
0: Right. Okay. So that's all part of training. And that was a, another that's question. Right. They said, do we feel that the police are being trained enough to handle situations like this? Because the yeah. question came up with, well, someone said you can get a, it takes more hours to get a barber's license than it does to become a police officer. I don't know that, I didn't look it up, but that that was told to me twice from two callers. Do you feel you have enough training to handle the situation you guys
1: faced on that night? We train constantly. Uh, We went to, um, actually went to Cleveland uh, during the, was it 2016, 2017? During the uh, riots in Cleveland when uh, President Trump came mm-hmm. to, uh, I guess, accept the, uh, his inaugural pledge or whatever the case may be. I'm not all right. this politics. And, uh, so that was a Cleveland obviously huge. And there were big protesters there and there was some pro Trump people and there was some other Trump people. We had to defuse that situation along with other departments from Atlanta, Texas, various other states, and we all got together and we used a uniform way of making sure that the uh, barriers remained mm-hmm. and that people, no one got hurt. And there were very few injuries, if at all, uh, that particular day. So we get, and we train with several, several people, various places. So we get a lot of training when it comes to the riot squad. Of course, uh, just regular patrol, we get a lot of training as well with that.
0: Right. I was going to bring that up. When you're finished with the academy, Your training Mm -hmm. isn't done. Oh, no. Explain to the listeners how much more you have to do throughout the year.
1: Oh, we've got to do, I want to say it's 80 to 120 hours of training from driving to clearing homes to handling combative subjects, handling individuals that have mental illnesses. We have in-service trainings. We We constantly train when it comes to situations when, and, and our academy staff and our chief has been so wonderful in throwing different scenarios at us from things that have happened or things that could happen. And we work on those things and our staff corrects us or basically says, you know, looks at our point of view and, and kind of guides us in another way in which we could do it once again, a peaceful way.
0: Mm -hmm. So there's ongoing training throughout all your years. Yes. OK, so the, the thing about getting a barber's license and the number of hours you can become a policeman, you're still learning on the job.
1: Absolutely. I have training. I have training uh, in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, and that and that's, that's mandatory training. You can't skip that, can you?
1: Oh, no, no. Oh, no. You're going to get it. You're going to make it up.
0: <laughs> you have to. So you have to get so many hours in a year. To stay yes. certified. Okay. I want to make yes. sure that's clear, too. Okay. Yes. Uh, a couple of callers said this who were from the Fort Wayne area. We get them, we're we getting callers from all over the place. But from the Fort Wayne area, they truly believe the relationship between the citizens of Fort Wayne and the Fort Wayne Police Department are really good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. They said that, that they were even surprised about what happened downtown. But they said overall, they believe the Fort Wayne Police Department does a really good job in uh, the relationship building part. Thank you. Great. Great. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. So they were surprised about, they were really just surprised about the way that, that they came out in such force. And mm-hmm. you kind of explained why you had to come out dressed the way you were. Yes. And, okay. And we got that point across. Wanted to make sure that was fine. We've seen on the news that uh, they're talking about body cams, body cameras that police officers should wear. Do you yeah. guys wear them?
1: Uh, not everyone. I think the SWAT team uh, wears them uh, and some of the other units wear them. I, I'm a big believer in it. I want, I want to be transparent. I want people to see exactly what's going on because I have nothing to hide. And I think the citizens deserve to see that, you know, uh, when I do a traffic stop or if I go into a home where there's a domestic situation and the husband or wife decide to both turn on me because I'm trying to come into their home and try to tell them what to do. Uh, I want them to see that, you know, if, if force has to be used, I think it's very important that the public see it. I mean, if we're here to protect and serve, mm-hmm. why not let individuals see exactly what it is that we do? Okay, so you have no problem with wearing
0: a body camera. Oh, no. Okay, I oh, no. okay. <laughs> <Yeah>, just, just <laughs> want to make sure that was out yeah, there. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, that also came up in the meeting uh, yesterday. Uh, the mayor talked about a chokehold yes. uh, that he agrees should be banned from being used in just a simple arrest or uh, apprehending someone. But he also said if it's a life-and-death situation— he could see the the use of it. Um, do you guys practice a
1: chokehold? No, I mean that's that's lethal force. I mean anything involved in that neck area. I mean, where the head goes, the body's gonna follow. And um, you know, that's a you know, that's that's a pretty delicate area to be messing with. I mean, you got a lot of things going up in there and into the cranium. So, um, no, I and, and I'll I'll be honest. i like I said, I've been an officer for eighteen plus years and the physical confrontations I've had have been two. Mm-hmm. And I've never had, a, had to use a chokehold. I mean, uh, I know uh, you said oh, I'm a bigger guy, but uh guy gave us a wonderful thing. And that's that tongue. That tongue can be used for positive or negative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Knowing sometimes that you can talk your way out of a situation or get people to understand, especially if it's in a crowd, that you're not here because you decided to pick on this person this particular day. Mm-hmm. You're here because you were called and you want to diffuse the situation, go home. Uh, eat your spaghetti dinner and relax, and, uh, you know, that's it. I'm, and if you get people and you use your mouth to talk to people, sometimes tactics aren't even necessary. But, but you have them if you need them. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But a chokehold, no, nah, I'm not going to. Okay. I hope I never have to ever do that. Okay.
0: I've asked this question to a lot of uh, the callers. What do you think can make this better? I mean, we, we've seen the worst of it. How can we as police and the community come together? Give me some things we need to work on.
1: I just think communication. I think that we as officers as well as citizens need to communicate. I mean, I know that we officers sometimes, I mean, we got a lot of calls. We have a high call volume. However, in our downtime, maybe just, you know, stop by a park when you see a, a family at the park. Just say hi. I'm not here for any other reason just to say hi. My name is Officer Payne. I'm just here to say have a great day, and it's good to see you you're out here. You know, that goes a long way because that person's going to tell somebody, say, you know what, an officer came by. Mm-hmm. And he just said, ah, I just want to introduce myself. That was great. And uh, I just think that we just need to continue to work on the process of getting to know one another, helping one another.
0: That basically goes on both sides, regardless if you're a protester or a policeman. Absolutely. James, I can't thank you enough for being here. But we also have to thank uh, the PIO, which is uh, Sophia Rosales-Scatina.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: She, she gave you the okay to be here. We want to thank her for allowing you to come and talk freely and openly. And we didn't get any, any kind of secret tactics that the police use or anything like that. It was just more what you experienced that day. And I yes. think back, and I want you to remember the pictures, the black and white pictures. I think some of them are actually in color. Uh, when Martin Luther King and were crossing the the Selma uh, bridge there Mm -hmm. in Selma, Mm -hmm. and you had the police on one side, and you had the the marchers coming at them. I always wondered, do every officer there, did they have a negative feeling towards the people who were coming over that bridge? Or were they just there to do their job? I want to hear from you. Did you have a, and you've said it, but I want to hear it. What was your feeling towards the people who you saw? Was it a negative thing or was it just, hey, I'm here to do my job.
1: I'm here to protect and serve. What was your feeling? That, that's exactly uh, what, what you just said. I'm here to protect and serve and to do my job. I agree with what you're doing as far as protesting. I think it's a great thing. However, I'm also here to make sure that you do this in a fashion that keeps you safe, keeps our citizens safe, and keeps us as a police force safe. So, you know once again, the majority of the people did it, and that's why I love Fort Wayne's deal is that so many people listened to our orders, and were're so thankful and for that small percentage who did not listen, I mean understand that it's not that we don't care about you, although we don't love you, it's just that we want you to be safe, mm-hmm. and we don't want you vandalizing the city or prohibiting someone from getting to where they need to go.
0: Now, before I get some nasty emails, okay. <laughs> the police did something there at that bridge in Selma and start running folks over and beating people. So that was a totally different thing. I yeah, want to make I sure I get that. Again. I want to yeah, make sure. I'm so, yes. But I'm just, I'm just trying to show where what's going on through your mind. I wonder how many policemen that was going on through their mind until all heck broke loose there. Okay. Right. Fortunately enough, we were able to make sure that didn't happen here. It got bad, but it didn't get as bad as, you know, it could have gotten, that kind of thing. So I'm telling you, um, you've been a policeman for a long time. You've seen a lot of things. Are you like a sergeant, lieutenant? What are you? What is your rank?
1: (laughs) I'm just a patrolman. However, I've been asked to take the sergeant's test. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And I'm considering taking that, especially after this, is because uh, once again, I thank God up above for the ability to work his magic through me and to be able to, to help people. And that's what I want. I want to be the, I'm the kind of guy. And if you ever see me, you know, officiate, etc. I want you to know that I'm doing the best that I can do. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm doing the best that I can do. But I want you to walk into the gym or walk into your community and say, I know one thing that gentleman right there, officer James, he stands for right. And I can feel comfortable, you know, being around them. And Mm -hmm. that's what I want. And all the people that were with you, the
0: people who were dressed just like you that day. Yeah. You support them. You have their back and you believe they have your back, right? Yes, sir. And I don't think they can actually be on that team if they're a problem child, are they?
1: <laughs> no, no, if, you, if you're a problem child who can't follow directions, then you will be removed from the team immediately.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to throw that out there. And, and again, you're, you're an official. Hey, have you ever thought about running for mayor? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> because I, just the little things that you're doing, you're you're doing a lot for the city and lots for the citizens of Fort Wayne. I can tell you that right now. And well, uh, my my daughter wanted to make sure I, I said this. Uh, Yes, you're an official, she said, but that was not a foul. And she said, James (laughs) will know.
1: Oh, my God.
0: She's still upset about something. I don't (laughs) know what it
1: is. (laughs) Oh, I remember. I remember that as clear as day. (laughs) She said, that was not a foul.
0: I said, okay, I'll I'll bring it up. I hate to do that to the man. but
1: (laughs) All right, to the podcast, I will tell you. And I went in her honor. It was not a foul. Yeah. It was not
0: a foul. <laughs> well, we can't go back and shoot shoot free throws now, man. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I think I think she won, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> she
0: was still hot about that one when she yes, heard about you, was. you. But, oh, man. James, I, I'm going to ask you a really tough question here. Sure. And if you want to answer that, great. If not, um, that's fine because this has come up. They okay. said we want to know from and and it was actually from a black officer. Do they believe that there are officers on the police department that are racist?
1: Mm. I believe that in every department, there are officers who have biases towards uh, maybe people of color, maybe kids, different biases. And my mom always told me, what doesn't come out in the wash is going to come out in the rinse. Mm. So... When they they're going to put, they're going to reveal themselves one way or another. And when they do, it could be a situation which I hope, pray to God, it's not that we just had. So if I tell officers who have never been around black men, listen, hey, if you have any questions, come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. You know, uh, one officer said, uh, asked me a question. And uh, this gentleman's from a uh, predominantly white town. He said, why are black people so loud? I said, dude, I said, that's, that's uh, you know, that's just us. I mean, you know, they said, Payne, we can hear you coming a mile away. I said, yeah, because I'm, I'm <laughs> we just loud. And uh, I said, but don't take that as we're violent, you know, get to know that person, get to know that. And and that person still to this day has been like, man, thank you so much, uh, because that person works southeast and he has developed a great relationship with his people in his uh, quadrant. So I, I don't know if that answers it. But, yeah, but I, like I said, it's, yeah. it's all over.
0: Communication. I'm glad you answered that because that was asked of me, and I didn't know if you would give me an answer or not, and that's an honest answer. I appreciate that. There's no problem. What, that's one other email I don't have to answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you.
0: James, here's the thing. Thank you. I, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming on and doing this and speaking freely. And, again, you were in the front line. You saw it. You heard it. You felt it. You smelled it. I mean, that gas, uh, you got on a mask, but it still seeps in. Yes, it
1: burns.
0: (laughs) 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 And you still want to do what's right for Fort Wayne. You still think Fort Wayne has a good future ahead of it?
1: Absolutely. This is the greatest city, the city of sports champions, the city of love, the city of churches. Fort Wayne is the best city around. I mean, you know, and for the people that aren't from Fort Wayne, that are on the podcast, come and see us. Come and see us. Find me. I'm
0: easy to find. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you can't find him, you'll hear him.
1: Yeah, you ain't lying. See? <laughs>
0: the, the last thing, the positive swings that you've been seeing, the marching with the protesters, uh, people out there uh, celebrating together. Uh, those are positive things that have been going on that I have been seeing. Uh, Did you see the one up in uh, Flint, Michigan, where the uh, chief of police walked with the uh, protesters on the very first day? And he said we had no one breaking anything, no looting, no burning or anything. Uh, Yes. Yeah, things like that are showing that things are changing. And for me, I'm going to tell you, for me, Mm -hmm. I'd never seen anything like this in Fort Wayne. I've been involved in uh, uh, protests and uh, different things like that. But this was the first time I saw something like that. But... I also the first time I saw so many different people of color coming together. Did you mm-hmm. see different people of color down there together yes. as protesters doing the right thing?
1: Yes. And that's that's the emotional part of it. it is just, you know, we've come so far. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, to see, you know, um, black, white, Hispanic, Asian locking arms together in solidarity, saying, you know what, this was wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And I stand by my brother and sister, even though our skin color may be different, we're all one race and that's the human race that felt special. And that goes to show you what type of people we have here in Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful, beautiful.
0: Yeah. That that's the thing that I have really enjoyed seeing in spite of all the, the bad news that we keep seeing, there's a lot of good that has come out of this. Yes. Um, You know, James. Thank you very much for answering questions and coming on talking on Police Pod Talk. We really appreciate it. And we also, again, we also have to thank the PIO, Sophia Rosales-Scatina. I got yes. it right, didn't I? Yes, you did, <laughs> yeah. yes, sir. So make, And when you see her, you make sure you let her know we gave her two shout-outs and, thank, <laughs> and, and thanking her for allowing you to be here. Folks, yes, sir. we're going to be back again next week, but again, thanks, James Payne, and thank you for listening to Police Pod Talk. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Jr. or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.